Welcome to this week's episode of Soccer Neophytes Podcast. We're going to look at Holland's Hattie, the Gunners' comeback, Brighton's bright start, and the cap. Hello, my dudes. What's up? Well, 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 surprise, surprise, the king is back, boys. That's terrible. That is bad. Ah, <laughs> uh, you thought we were dead. Two weeks ago, you guys were burying me on here. The lead was is Manchester United the new Everton. We're not there anymore, are we? Are we? Two weeks later, here we go. Yeah. Good job. Uh yeah, congrats. Who'd you guys play this week? Uh well, two weeks. Just a week ago, we beat Liverpool. As oh, but you weren't you weren't on. You missed you missed that week. So we're on. Yeah, we're not talking week. about it tonight. We talked about it last week. Yeah, but when you guys talked about it last week, all you talked about was oh, Liverpool just didn't play good. No credit was given to Manchester United at all, except for hey by Tim, who watched the match and gave credit where credit was due. Listen, if you want to talk about your team, you got to show up. So. It was, a, it was a bad week for you to miss. And I know you had other engagements. I understand, but that was definitely a bummer week to miss. But you can brag about this week. That's totally right. fine. I will. So I think it's our... did play like shit. I'm just clarifying. Except for all the stats that say they didn't. That you guys quoted on, on the podcast last week. But it's okay. That's neither here nor there. Um, where are we starting? You guys want to start at the table? Where are we starting, Nate? I'm excited. Let's do this. Uh, well, I asked you before we started, did you want to talk about your team at all? And you said no. And then right out of the gate, you just jumped right into it. So I gave you a warning. I gave was, you a warning. Well, I they're not said gonna... there wasn't anything specific I didn't want to talk about. I said, look, I'm going full heel mode this week. Okay. Well, we're talking about, uh, we're going to start with Holland. Uh, well, scored a lot often. of goals. That's good. City is down. And Tim, Tim texts 5-2. City. At halftime, he said. At halftime, do nothing. He said, "Hey, this is a perfect setup for a five-two man, uh, Man City win." I said, he "This did. is the time you place a bet on City." I mean, it was it had all the makings for City to come back. I actually looked to make a bet, but everyone's too smart, and so it was only like a plus <laughs> one fifty. And I was like, eh, "If it would have been a little more, I probably would have thrown some money on it." But, um. Yeah, what a what a display, City, and we'll talk more specifically about City. Not necessarily this match, but uh, spoiler alert: Andrew is going to be focusing on City, so we're going to talk more about them later. Uh, the other thing Tim admitted, though, after that brilliant prediction, he did admit though that he made he probably made a big mistake in not thinking Holland was going to win the the Golden Boot this year. The guy <laughs> is just a beast. That He's header. That header is unstoppable. He's just such a good goal scorer. I mean, he really is a true, pure goal scorer. It's great. It doesn't hurt that he's about four inches taller than everybody else. (laughs) And faster than everybody. And faster. And and yeah. Yeah. He also has a giant forehead like a caveman, but we don't need to talk about that every week. (laughs) I was going to say, I heard those exact words last week. Yeah. I think I said Neanderthal last week, but that's true. Yeah. But City, I mean, they are who we thought they'd be. And obviously they had a draw in the season, a little bit of a hiccup, but they're they're amazing. And that was that was a remarkable performance. Only probably overshadowed. And we didn't talk about this in the bumper, but Liverpool, which I should have, <laughs> Liverpool winning nine nil. Nine nil, the greatest margin of victory in Premier League history, tied. Four, but the first time uh, a team has scored nine goals and allowed zero. So yeah, totally impressive. Did you see Southampton's club tweet after the game? (laughs) Yes. What'd they say? (laughs) They tweeted out like, um, what was it? Hey, Bournemouth, do you need to talk? Because South, they tied Southampton for the largest loss in Premier League history. Southampton in the last like, Two or three years, it's happened to Southampton twice. They've lost by nine goals. So one of those was to United too. It was one of those was to United. 
Yeah, Bournemouth is uh, uh, definitely getting relegated. Um, I know everybody predicted them to get relegated. They're definitely getting relegated because they're one point out of it right now, but their their goal differential is, uh, wow, um, 12 goals more negative than both Everton and uh, Wolves. Yeah, they're going to beat Wolves. Giving this... up nine doesn't help that stat. <laughs> yeah, they're going to beat Wolves on Wednesday 1-0. But other than that, after that, they'll they'll get relegated. Yeah, they would have had the highest, um, even if they had tied nil-nil, they still would have had the highest uh, negative goal differential. But now it's significantly higher. I imagine that might come uh, into play towards the end of the season. It will. It's hard to, it's hard to come out of that. Of nine goals? Yeah. <laughs> Tim's getting a lot of play in this episode. Tim also texted us um, that, and this is, this is quite remarkable. Liverpool scored nine goals and Sala was involved in zero of them. Yeah. He didn't miss Bold. a wide open give me too. Yeah. <laughs> so he had, not, they had nine goals and he didn't goal or like score or assist on any of them. That's yeah. remarkable. I just to show how good City is, um, Liverpool scored nine goals, and they're only tied with City for most goals in the league so far. So City City did has not scored nine goals in a game, and they yeah. have the exact same amount of goals as Liverpool. Just throwing that out there. That's that's a great stat. That's a great stat. Well, there's a team that is not named Liverpool and not named City that sits at top of the table. And that is Arsenal and they have continued to look great. And I would argue probably this match, most importantly, being able to come from behind, being down one nil on a horrible defensive miscue by Gabriel Mitrovic, just took it from him, then put it away. Um, and to be able to come back from that, Gabriel ended up scoring the winning goal. Um, I think one of the big, things with Arsenal is they're a young squad and we've wondered like and you saw that a lot last year they'd be really streaky they started off really poorly then they were really hot and then they faded at the end of the season and so you know we've drawn this comparison multiple times to them being like the Suns right they they needed to add a CP3 uh to to take them to the next level and Gabriel Jesus seems to be that that guy and I don't know if they can win the league but this is the type of match that shows the maturity of a team to be down one nil and then fight back in the game where they're dominating, which can be really frustrating when you don't score, you can't score and you're losing or you're drawn with the team. So I'm, I I'm impressed with Arsenal. Yeah. I think uh, I feel bad for Fulham, you know, watching that game, they deserved at least a point. I mean, to give it up as late as they did, uh, it was kind of sad. I, I hate to be the constant Arsenal downer here. I don't want to be. All I want to say is that they have had one of the easiest schedules so far in the yep. league. Um, they've played a lot of the bottom and bottom teams. So Chris, say it. Say I, who it. you play matters, guys. Yes, we matters. haven't heard it yet. This I know. is the it's, first time. This is the four, first time it's coming out. Who you play matters. They, have, they beat Crystal Palace. They beat Leicester, who's dead last in the league right now. They beat Bournemouth. 3-0, who we just got done talking about how they're going to finish 20th. And then they came back and beat Fulham at home. So don't, I'm not saying it's not real. I'm not saying it's not legit. Look, getting points and wins, you got to stack wins early to propel you to be there late. Um, all I'm saying is they haven't exactly faced murderers row. Um, their schedule has been super favorable and they've been winning games. They're supposed to win. I'm that's not, a fair point. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not saying that, I'm not saying they're going to win the league. I'm also not saying they're going to finish in 10th. They're a very talented club. They play well. They play with heart. Um, they're actually pretty fun to watch. I just, I want to see them play someone real so we can like get a good feel for uh, what they actually are. And I don't think, I think they're going to get that test on Sunday uh, when they play United at, at Old Trafford. That'll be a really good test. Um, I expect Arsenal to be the favorites in that match. I, I'm sure if we looked at the lines right now, I don't know where it would be. Um, but I think that that's their first true, like, okay, who are you test? Yeah, All right. I agree with everything you guys just said. I will say a couple things, though. Um, Fulham 
I guess, hung in there, but well, let's actually, let's actually take a step back real quick, Andrew. This was actually the match you featured. So I just want to, I want to key in on that. You featured this match, you featured Arsenal. So give us, give us, give us a a deeper breakdown. Well, my deeper breakdown is that Arsenal should have won four, one. They dominated possession. They had a bunch of great shots on goal. And we'll talk about uh, the cap in a little bit. Great goalkeeper. We know that. I'm sorry. The cap's in. He's not at Fulham. Oh, he's at. He's at. Um. He's at. Uh. uh, uh Forest. Uh, yeah. He's at Forest. Sorry. Uh, good goalkeeper uh, at Fulham though too. We'll get to the other goalkeeper later. Uh, great goalkeeper. Um, he blocked a bunch of great shots. Jesus had a couple of shots on goal that I thought should have gone. They were firing on goal all game. I think they had 22 uh, shots on goal. Um, and I mean, a bunch of them were good. Um, they dominated possession when Fulham scored. It was on one of the dumbest mistakes I've ever seen. It was just like somebody wasn't it. You keep telling me that Arsenal is young. That looked like a young rookie mistake. You know what I mean? Like a guy just kind of what he, he didn't realize the consequences of his actions. You know what I mean? And it, he just let something stupid happen. Uh, Metrovic, is that his name? Mitrovic. Mitrovic, he's good. He's, he's really, really good. He's really good, and he's big. He's not as big as Holland, but he's big. He's just not as tall. I think he's as maybe as like yoked. He as might Holland, weigh as much because he's broad. He would rip Holland's arms off and beat him to death with them. He's a big dude, uh, and he impressed me. Um, I mean, just using the he, – he was just smart enough to take that easy ball away because Gabriel wasn't paying attention and he scored an easy goal. But the five sequences prior to that, I thought Arsenal could have scored on four of them. So, um, I, I mean, Fulham's good. They're, gonna, they're not getting relegated. This is, they just got promoted this year. So, I mean, they're staying up. I, I'll, I'll predict it now. Fulham's not going anywhere. Uh, good team, and I think they're going to keep getting better. Uh, if Arsenal's so young, maybe they can, it's good that they're playing crappy teams early so that they can, you know, learn from these mistakes against lesser teams. Maybe they didn't take Fulham seriously. I don't know. But once they scored that goal, Arsenal got a lot more serious. And I'm not going to say they didn't look afraid of losing, but they certainly looked like they knew they could get back into the game and probably win it. Uh, I, 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 it felt like watching the game it, that they were confident enough to at least come away with a tie. But I mean, even the looks on everybody's faces, everybody's demeanor seemed uh, more or less confident. So um, I really did enjoy that match. Arsenal does. It's, I mean, it's no, it's no secret that Tottenham's my favorite team. Cause I like their style of play. I like how aggressive they are. I like how they push. Arsenal reminded me a lot of Tottenham. Um, and I don't know if that's something I'm going to regret saying later when I ultimately hate one of the two clubs, but <laughs> um, it, they Arsenal, uh, I can see why you compared them last week. And uh, uh, I really enjoyed watching that match a lot. It was, uh, it was a lot of fun. Arsenal's a lot of fun to watch. They really are. Yeah. I think they'll, they'll definitely be a team for us to keep an eye on as we keep going. Except their callers. Those stupid callers on those kits are so dumb. There's a lot of problematic callers. If your kits are made by Adidas, there's some problematic callers this year. Is that the, is that yeah. the rule of thumb? Caller equals Adidas? Well, just this season. They, oh, that was their whatever. style they went with. Yeah. Ugh. Which, this is the time, since we're talking about Adidas, Andy really wanted to mention the Mexico kits that were released. There are they Mexico not the most kits. beautiful things you've ever seen in your life? They're absolutely incredible looking. Nike has shit the bed. Puma, I don't know if you guys have seen the Puma kits. Oh, atrocious. Who did the U.S. ones? Nike. The, the, the kits this year, as they've been rolling out for the World Cup, is this is a World Cup year. And we're a Premier League podcast, so this is a bit of an aside, but the Mexico kits came out. Adidas made them. I need to start looking through because Adidas might have done it right, and they might be the best kits. But those Mexico ones particularly are gorgeous. They're amazing. The other, I really that- like. I know this is weird. I really like the shade of green they used on the shorts. I know that the 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 real the real like victory here is the uh, the design on the on the on the 
jerseys um because it's you know it, it's like you know using uh mayan artwork is that yeah. right aztec artwork aztec i think yeah and they look incredible um but the the green shorts are are a really good touch i gotta be honest they'll be great yeah well the other match that we had kind of keyed in on as being an interesting match and really didn't shape up was brighton and Leeds. i i fully expected that match to have two to four four goals ish two each two two to three two to one and it ended up being one one nil brighton looking sharp um they're they're definitely the surprise team so far they started last year in the same way they were kind of top seven for the first half of the year and then faded as things went on um but but brighton look beating leads i wanted to see kind of which of these teams who had started off well would would show up and and leads didn't leads on the attack did not look that good aronson was was pretty much non-existent um it was it was it was disappointing effort by Leeds and and Brighton looking good again, except their kits. Ugh, <laughs> those neon green white mixtures. I don't know. It's I that I didn't enjoy watching that match. Um, it wasn't enjoyable I, to watch. It no, really it wasn't. wasn't. The only reason I watched it is because that was my best bet for the week, and we'll get into that later. But I mean. Uh, yeah, both both teams are surprise teams, right? They're currently sitting at five and six or four and five. Uh, yeah, clo- something close to that. Four and five. I just looked. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, for a fourth team playing a fifth team, I yeah, I didn't enjoy that one one bit. When I know, like, who you play matters, as Chris loves to say, and I think that's where I think with Brighton, Brighton, they haven't played the big, they haven't played. Well, they played United. They beat United. They drew with Newcastle, who's really good. They beat West Ham, who I don't know what's happening with West Ham. I don't know if they're going to pull it together, but West Ham has traditionally been, or the last few years, West Ham has been really, really good. And then they beat kind of an upstart lead. So it's not like they have massive wins to their name, but this isn't, this is an Arsenal schedule. This is an upgrade on Arsenal's schedule. So yeah. I think Brighton's performance so far is very impressive. And I think I heard in the broadcast going back to last year, I think they they haven't lost in like eight straight matches. So um, someone could fact check me on that, but uh, they've started the year four unbeaten and then No, it's actually, I'm, I'm looking up right now, nine straight. They finished the year unbeaten in their last five. <laughs> Chris, I don't, they drubbed Wolves 3-0. And then the next week they pimp smacked Manchester United 4-0. <laughs> so they finished the year strong last year and have started this year strong this year. So we'll see how they do in the middle of the season. That could be a team, sneaky team that benefits from the World Cup. Because my guess is they don't have a lot of World Cup players on their squad. And so they could come out of the World Cup being really refreshed. And if they're sitting in the, near the top six, they might be able to make it interesting towards the end. Do they have so few because they're also a young team or, or what? No, I'm just, I'm guessing off the top of my head, mostly because most of the world cup players are playing for big six teams, champions league teams. So wolves kind of being the exception. Cause we have so many Portuguese players. Like we've got half the Portuguese national team on our roster basically. But um, other than that, most of the big six clubs have most of the world's best players as hmm. you imagine. So I would imagine yeah. a couple of things I just wanted to mention uh, Spurs Spurs with a good solid two nil victory, but I'm not. Do you ever watch the Spurs play? Uh, are they are they the ones from Tottenham? Yeah, 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 that's them. Yeah, Yeah, um, you mean Harry Edward Kane with his two goals? Yes. Yeah, he's incredible. I like him so much. I he's one of the players I like the least in the league, but we don't need to get into that. There's no real rhyme or reason. He just annoys me, but. 
What I actually really want to focus in on for this match is the Richarlison shithousery on the sidelines and then him <laughs> just getting his ass taken out. That was awesome. That we're gonna is, that. He was only in for like 12 minutes. That was like one of my, but that was just my favorite, my favorite was, video of the whole weekend. Because you hate right. that guy. And it was also like classic Richarlison. Yes. Well, well, actually, I like him more after it because he also retweeted it today. Like he <laughs> tweeted it out. And that to me is hilarious. Like he was dicking around and he got his ass handed to him for dicking around. And that that's just amazing. This is those are like the little things that I love about about football. Yeah, at that point they were up two nil. They weren't gonna lose that match. I know. Is that is that what the issue is? Because I was... think that's part of the issue. Got it. I think that's part of the issue. Because I mean, I was in a really good mood at that point of the game too. I don't. Yeah, I had to watch it on replay because I think I was like, all right, it's two nil, and I like got up and you know took let the dogs outside or something, and then I come back and I'm just there's a hubbub going on, and I had to like rewind it to find out what was going on. Chris, yep. do you want to talk any more about United's victory? You know what? Look, they played Southampton. I'm not going to pretend like it was some amazing <laughs> W for them because who you play matters. It was nice to get a clean sheet. I haven't seen one of those in God knows how long. Um, so that was that was great. Um, here's what I find super entertaining. Two losses for United to start the season. The two wins. The biggest difference in those games has been Harry Maguire has played zero minutes in zero seconds of the wins and he played the entirety of the losses. Totally. Um, this is a better club with him sitting on the bench. And if there was any sort of transfer deal that they could get for him, I would take it in a heartbeat. Um, I've loved Lissandro Martinez. He is that dude is all heart. He's like five, nine. So who knows if they actually like, is that actually his height or is that what they list him at? Um, he's usually the smallest guy on the pitch. And he battles everyone. He wins aerial battles against taller guys. But he is just all heart, and he's super skilled. He's quickly become, like, one of my favorites that we've, we've ever brought in in the transfer window. Um, so he's been super fun to watch. The team is starting to play better. You know, Eric Ten Hag is doing a, doing a good job. I think everything kind of switched after that Brentford drubbing. I know I wasn't here last week to talk about it, but they were supposed to have the following day off. I he heard. canceled their day off, forced them all to come in, and they ran almost 14 miles, which was the distance that Brentford had outrun them in that match. The coolest thing that came out a couple of days after this, you know, whole thing where, oh, Ten Hag made them come in and made them run 14 miles and really beat the players up. Well, a couple of days go by, and it comes out that Ten Hag ran the 14 miles with the team as well. He said, I'm part of the problem. I'm taking the blame as well. He didn't just watch his guys and run them into the ground. He did it with them. And rumors were that he was struggling bad at the end and he finished. So I, that, that type of stuff is easy to jump on board with and be like, hey, those are pivotal changing moments in seasons. Uh, crazy that it had to happen two games in, but I'm glad it has. Um, so, yeah, we'll see. Can I ask you a question about McGuire? Yeah. Okay, so hypothetically, he stays with the United the whole team, or the whole season, rather. Do you see um, any value to him on the team at all? Is there a specific situation where he is of any value? I don't know. So here's the hard part with McGuire. He was a huge signing a couple years ago. They paid $80 million to get him out of Leicester. Um, his first couple years on the squad, he earned the captaincy right away. He's technically the captain of Manchester United. Um, so... And he played hard. He wasn't always solid, but he played his heart out. The, the offseason after his second year, he got in trouble. I don't remember the full details of it. He was in some foreign country, like on an island or something. He got in some trouble. Don't remember what it was. He tried to bribe the police officers his, to get his way out of it. They didn't take it, so they added that on to like his issues. And ever since that moment, he's been a horrible soccer player and so i don't know if he lost the locker room because everything up until that point was he was like such a great leader in the locker room for all the guys and like playing for united meant the world to him and then coming off of that offseason where everything went wrong for him he just hasn't been the same player he was awful last year um he was injured a little bit and missed missed games um but like the fans turned on him 
the players turned on him. I don't know how much that was Ronaldo in the locker room because supposedly Ronaldo is a pretty bad influence in the locker room for this club. No one questions him. No one goes against anything they say just because of who he is. And so I think that there was a big, there's a big issue there. So, but again, all that stuff is behind closed doors that we just don't get privileged to, you know, rumors leak out, but that was kind of what it was is there was a, a divide in the locker room last season. There was a Ronaldo side and a lot of it was against Harry Maguire as the captain. It's that that's what makes, I think the world cup subplot is so fascinating this year. If it wasn't a world cup year, wolves never would have loaned Connor Cody to Everton. They did that as like a gesture of respect to Connor Cody because he wasn't going to get a lot of minutes. This Harry Maguire thing, he's a starter for England. <laughs> like he can't sit all, or he can sit all season, but that's going to greatly affect him. Pulisic, Pulisic's getting 15 minutes a match. Like he, he needs playing time. And so he, I don't think he'd be trying to force a transfer if it wasn't for the current situation. So the World Cup is playing such an interesting role in how teams are managing their players, who they're going after, um, and how players are trying to force force their way out. So, uh, and Harry Maguire, I think, is one one of those examples. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens. I mean, the the window's open for like two and a half more days, so we'll see if if something happens. I think he needs to go. I think Ronaldo needs to go with him as a United sure. fan. Um, but it'll be interesting to see if anything happens. He's lost his confidence in playing with the club, and I think a change of scenery for him would be really good. I'm not just saying that from a get him off my team standpoint. Um, I really do think he could he would benefit more from a change of scenery than maybe anyone in the in the soccer world. Yeah, uh, another team that has made a lot of moves is Wolves. Uh, Wolves have spent more money this transfer window than any season I've been a fan, which is, you know, only, only five, but it's been pretty remarkable what they've done and how they've shown full, full support and Bruno Lodge's plan. And they're getting rid of guys who have been there for a while. Willie Bali is supposed to be transferred out. I think to Nottingham forest this week, forest is just insane. 19. I think that, I think Willie Bali will make the 19th signing. I, I like, I really want to give them kudos. I like I think they've done really wise signings. Like they've done a really good job of, of using that money that they have. But like for me as a team coming up from the championship, like there to me, that's the blueprint you follow. You got there. You want to stay there. So go for it. Totally. The question is though, again, we're neophytes, especially around technique and like how to play the game. And I don't know, it seems like such an important point. And I think this is why wolves have kind of struggled a little bit is they have so many, so much new blood in, in their team that they haven't quite clicked and figured out how to play together yet. I don't know how you have 19 players is the, about the size of like a squad, like (laughs) your subs, like they've essentially like, and even as a fan, like, I wonder as a fan, like, you know, there's this team you love and they come up and then basically all those players are gone and they're replaced with all these new players. And do they know how to play well together? Like it'll, it'll be really fascinating to see if Nottingham Forest doesn't lose too many points, if they're able to kind of gel as the season goes on and be a solid yeah. mid table squad. And along those lines, I don't know if you remember, but two years ago, United, United started out pretty slow. And Ole, manager at the time, had said, you know, they had brought in some guys and he had said, like, look, this is going to take like five games to really get to figure it out. And I remember harping on him for that. They ended up finishing second in the league that year. So what do I know? But I think that like going back and like things that I need to learn or we could learn is like, yeah, when you bring in people, it does take time. Yeah. Hey, can we go back to Forrest real quick? Yes. Um, I was really impressed with them watching them against uh, Tottenham. Uh, I thought they, uh, first of all, the cap, who again, we're going to talk about later on. He was incredible. He's a great goalkeeper. Um, But I was, I was actually really impressed with Nottingham Forest. I think that if I had watched them and like, if they'd watched them first, they might be threatening Tottenham for my favorite uh, team 
because I, I really enjoyed them. Uh, I, cause I watched a little bit of them two weeks ago and I remember yeah. like, them. and, uh, yeah, no, um, uh, I think they're definitely going to stay up and I think, uh, if they can keep improving the way, you know, it sounds like they have been, I'm, I'm really excited for what they have in the future. Yeah. yeah. Henderson's a guy to keep your eye on. Um, he, Andrew, you probably don't know, but he actually was a United player for the last few years. I definitely um, didn't know he's that. He's technically still a United player. He's on loan to Nottingham Forest for this season. So I don't know if we've covered it, but when you're on loan from a team in that season, when you play them, you aren't allowed to play in that game. So when Nottingham Forest plays Manchester United this year, Henderson has to sit out. And then at the end of the season, he gets returned to Manchester United as their player. Now we know. And knowing is half the battle. How good so, is um? Because I mean, he he seemed really good as a goalkeeper. How good is uh, United's current goalkeeper? So traditionally, he was ten years ago. He was considered one of the best goalies in in the world. He's no longer one of the best goalies in the world. He's probably not even in the top ten. He had some really down years, and then. Last year, Henderson took over as the number one or two years ago, Henderson kind of midseason started to really take over as the number one keeper. He was playing a lot of games, subs, you know, really replaced David De Gea. And going into last season, they thought Henderson had entrenched himself as number one. And he got COVID right at the beginning of the season and struggled to get back to health. So he ended up missing like the first two months of the season because he couldn't physically play. And then all of a sudden, David De Gea was back to performing really well. And De Gea last season had a really good year while the rest of United had a really bad year. And so Henderson never got an opportunity to get back in there and reclaim his spot because De Gea was really playing well. And so this offseason, Henderson was really upset, um, kind of forced the loan deal. Um, but he was mad because he didn't get a chance to play hardly at all last year. Um, and it kind of, his season kind of got derailed by having COVID and really struggling to recover from it. Well, he looked really good. Uh, no, I, uh, I've been Hawk. saying it for years. He's a better goalie than David De Gea, but I'm not on the training grounds. I don't get to make those decisions. Yeah. yeah. No, he's, a, he's, he's a good keeper. Uh, just going back to wolves uh, for a moment, because wolves are making a signing. I think that will be made official tomorrow. Sasha Kalajic, (laughs) six foot seven, Austrian. I think Serbian background with his with his last name, Uh, but from Austria, six foot seven. No stats to back this up, but probably the greatest height differential in teammates in Premier League history because (laughs) Daniel Podence is like five five. And uh, it's, it'll be interesting to see what happens, but he's a, he's a center forward striker. So he'll be someone who will either, you know, sub in for Raul or start. So it'll be really exciting to see. It's a, it's a really good signing. He's scored in the teens, I think the last few years in the, in uh, for Stuttgart. So um, again, another, I think, smart signing by Wolves. Can it click? I don't know. Can it click soon enough? Uh, to win me my $25 back that I put on them to finish top six, probably not, but the odds were too good to not throw, throw 25 or on there. So I'm excited. I'm excited for this team and they're getting, they're making some good transfers out. And so uh, yeah, we'll see. There's still a ton of time left. I mean, they, they might not be challenging for that number one spot, but there's so much time to challenge for top six. Yeah. Yeah. I hope so. uh, you, do you guys expect, or uh, maybe this is a better question for Nate. Uh, you expect any more crazy signings to happen in the next two days? You think there's going to be anything that everyone just goes, holy shit, no way? In this day and age, it seems really rare to have those type of signings. Unless like there's a major, I think Ronaldo is probably the only one that's like a massive name that, but even then, like, there's been some rumors floating around. I think, uh, I think Dortmund was a rumor at one point, but you know, I think as far all as the rumors are being created by his camp, hoping <laughs> someone's like, yeah, 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 we're going to do that. Probably, but I don't know. Yeah. Wednesday, Wednesday will be the, the deadline day. And what's it like noon, our time somewhere in that, that range. 
Yeah, we talked about this last week a little bit, and it's not uh, Greenwich Mean Time. It's it's actually the European time is the deadline. So whatever it is, midnight Greenwich plus one. So um, right. so, so that I think that would be three o'clock our time. I think it's a nine hour time difference. So three o'clock okay. our time here on the West Coast. So uh, so stay tuned. Forest will probably make six more moves. They'll yeah. they'll 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 they'll. they'll uh, so they'll transfer out some people they already brought in this transfer window. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I think United's probably done at this point with the announcement will come tomorrow on Anthony. Yeah. Uh, crazy how that went down. And then they're also bringing in Martin Dubrovka, who is a goal. Oh, player. they are. Yeah. He's coming in on loan. So he used to be from Newcastle, right? Yeah. Yeah. So they loaned out Henderson to forest and now they're bringing in Dubrovka, Dubrovka. on loan to maybe pressed a hey, I don't such a strange situation, but That's I got to imagine United's done unless all of a sudden the Frankie de Jong situation changes. And all of a sudden he's like, Nope, I want to be there, but I got to imagine with what Bars is the most the last corrupt. 10 days. Yeah. Bars is the most corrupt team in, in Europe. So who knows what, uh, yeah. what they'll pull out. So, well, we did have one red card, <laughs> Connor Gallagher, with a double yellow uh, early on in that Chelsea match. And Chelsea was still able to, to somehow pull out a 2-1 victory. Uh, Raheem Sterling, formerly of Manchester City, scoring a brace. We'll talk about that another time. That'll be a more you know at some point, Andrew. But two goals is a brace. For American Watch... <laughs> Kind of already talked, but Pulisic is in a bad situation. Tuchel came out with some interesting words today. Um, he he basically was saying how he really wants competition in his squad, and he does. He it basically is like I, he kind of doesn't care. It, the words he said didn't bode well for Pulisic. That he wants he wants competition. He wants to add more quality. He's not looking to transfer anyone out. He wants to add more to create that. And Havertz hasn't played really well, but for whatever reason, Tuchel keeps putting him in and, and Pulisic's coming off the bench. So that's not great for U.S. men's national team. But, uh, you know, hopefully hopefully something changes there. I'd love to see Pulisic get alone, even alone somewhere where he gets a lot of playing time this season. Uh, Aronson and Adams, uh, Leeds didn't fare very, fare very well this weekend. Aronson was pretty much neutralized. Adams was solid again, which was great. Um, Chris Richards came on for Crystal Palace when they were winning two to one. We all know what happened there, four to two. I didn't see the match. I tried to do a little research to see how well he played, but uh, obviously he's a, he's a defender and they gave up three goals after he came on. Uh, so I don't know if that was, uh, very good for him. Uh, hair watch. Andrew, I know you have, you have some, some, a couple people you wanted to talk about. Yeah. Have, was, uh, uh, let's, let's just circle on back, uh, to Henderson, the cap. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, we're cause again, watching with the lady and her first comment, because we were watching Tottenham, uh, uh, forest, um, uh, she thought Royal, is it Royal or Royale? Emerson Royal. I don't, yeah, I don't, uh, I think it's Royal. Either way, she, she looked, took one look at his head and she said he looked like a reverse Eddie Munster because it like a, was a widow peak going down the back of his neck instead of the front of his head. And <laughs> I was like, funny. I'm like, that's a good joke first and foremost. And then <laughs> because we look at hair first, apparently uh, she was blown away that somebody was wearing a hat on a soccer pitch. And I'm like, oh, is that the guy? And I texted you guys. I was like, is this another guy in a cap or is this the guy? And you guys both responded within seconds of each other yelling, that's the cap, the, the cap. cap. <laughs> and what, uh, what did the girlfriend think of the cap? Was she like, oh, that's kind of sexy. Or is she well, like, what reason- is that guy doing wearing a cap? Well, no, the reason she noticed him in the first place is because she loved uh, uh, Forrest's um, goalkeeper kits. 
she's like, God, I need to get a dress in that color or something. I don't know. She really liked <laughs> the color of the kits. So then once she saw uh, that beautiful blue, then she noticed his cap and she was asking me a lot of questions I didn't have the answer to. Um, so that's why we went to the old text message machine and uh, found out that's uh, that's the needle in the haystack, folks. That's the cap. First off, great nickname. <laughs> excellent, excellent nickname. Is Tell me, is this universal or is this you guys? It's, it's, just, a, us. it's just us. Okay. But well, I remember let's... our first season as Neophytes, we were like, dude, somebody was wearing a hat. It must have <laughs> been... Was he with United back then? No, he was on loan. Um, with South, with Born, uh, Bournemouth, I think, right? No, I think it was Southampton. Okay. It was one of those clubs, but yeah. you're like, you're never going to believe this, Nate. I saw a dude wearing a hat on the pitch. And it was like crazy because it was like, I mean, we were so new to this and we had never seen anything. And, and he was wearing a cap with like an extra large bill. Like it it is a little long, right? It's yeah. big. <laughs> it, it's not a baseball cap. No. I just want to clarify, if you've never seen it, it's not a baseball cap, but it's not like... It's, it's you remember in like, the Sandlot, the one that, um, that's, yeah. that he has? It's not that long. No. I, I was thinking it's like he showed up to the stadium one day and was like, oh, shit, I forgot my hat at home. So we stopped at, a, at like a souvenir booth. It's like a souvenir length bill hat. Like yeah. that's what it looks like. Sorry, he played he played goal for Sheffield United when they that's came right. up and he kept them up. That's came right. Came back to United and they got relegated. That's right. Well, the other hair I wanted to talk about, and I'm gonna I'm our our uh, listeners can't hear this, but I'm gonna share my screen with the guys. This is Reese James hair. <laughs> uh, first yep. off. I love, I love what's happening up here. This blue and like blonde dye spot. I love it. But he did this, this like little design in his hair. But do you want to know what's even better about that design in his hair? It's a it's heart he monitor. copied Wesley Fofana's hair. <laughs> he had just signed. And so he basically like is a little homage to Wesley Fofana, who uh, Chelsea just signed. But what's even and, funnier is that people were, have been saying like, oh, he's just happy. And he's happy because he is basically saving him from having to play uh, right center back anymore because apparently he doesn't like that position. So, or, And for anyone who hasn't seen it, it's the heart that runs into the beat line of a heart like that every girl has tattooed like on her shoulder or it's a heart monitor like you see in the hospital yeah 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 Yeah. Yeah. but i thought that was pretty funny to do to basically copy your new teammate as a as a way to welcome welcome him in but i love the the little blue dye i love that i've always wanted blue hair (laughs) uh i know it sounds weird Whenever I did rock band, I'd always figure out some oh, absolutely a blue-haired oh, yeah. freaking bassist <laughs> or something. Okay. Um, top goals of the weekend. Um, I don't know if you guys have any any dialed in. I do, unfortunately, and you're not going to like it. Oh, no. <laughs> I, it's probably mine. You go for it. It was St. Maxim's, uh, yeah. the equalizer against uh, the Wolves. Sorry, pal. Yeah. No, uh, that is a beautiful goal. And it, it sucks on like so many levels. It sucks because obviously it equalized. Uh-huh. It sucks because Neves had an amazing goal awesome. to start the match. So then, yeah. and then St. Maximin steals his thunder. Yeah. And thirdly, it sucks because the assist was from Huang, who is a <laughs> Wolves player and essentially sealed his own fate. Like that guy yeah. has been, he started off so well for us. He scored multiple goals in his first couple games with us. It was awesome. And yeah, that's right. He was the guy who tried to clear the goal and it yeah. just barely and it went, went 10 feet. Now the reality is like, that's a worldy of a goal. Like that's a remarkable goal. Nine times out of 10, someone's going to like shank that into the, into the crowd. Right. But, yeah. but it's, not it in goals. this case. So yeah. And I'll say he glanced it off too. It was, yeah, it was, it was just well done. Yeah. Well, that's good. And there were a lot of good goals this weekend. So 
the the fact that that one stands out for all three of us that's that's pretty impressive uh, yeah yeah that that was it uh bruno fernandez's goal was pretty nice for united he had one it was similar it was similar yeah, yeah. just didn't it look as, as hard. pretty yeah for sure it wasn't the keeper as hard. is in a wrong spot wide open yeah but and but it was a nice pass in by delo and volleyed it in the air didn't take it down just put it right in the back corner it was really nice but Yeah, it was awesome. But we we should also mention that both of Harry Kane's goals were quite good. I might be biased for Tottenham, but they were both quite good. Yeah, that's all right. This we we we've been known to have a lot of Homer takes on this podcast. (laughs) You wouldn't you wouldn't be the first. That's for sure. Maybe they're more exciting when you watch them live. I don't know. (laughs) They for sure are. Yeah. Well, let's jump into best bet, Chris. Uh, How are things? How are things shaking out? Oh man, not well. I'll tell you what, you guys hit on it last week about how FanDuel is making a lot of money on us. Well, that streak basically continued this past weekend. Brought to you by Uh, FanDuel. That's right. So, uh, Nate, you had Arsenal minus 320, which they did win. So you won $31.25. First win Um, of the season. First win of the season. And that brings your total losses so far this season to $268.75. Um, don't worry. I am right behind you. Uh, I lost again this weekend. I had Newcastle plus 170. Um, they were lucky to get a point, let alone get the draw. Um, but I lost that one. So I'm at negative 231. And uh, well, Kyle, Kyle's awesome because Kyle's just shooting his shot. He's the dude at the bar who's hitting on every girl that's way out of his league. And if one of them says yes, he's cashing that ticket in. Um, Kyle's at negative 400. He took leads plus 300. They lost as well. Um, Tim finally, finally got a win betting on Liverpool. He won $10 and 53 cents and they're nine, nothing drubbing. Uh, so Tim's losses are at $290. Andrew's still leading in the clubhouse, but for the first time all season, he is now in the red took leads plus 300, lost that hundred bucks. You're at negative 7850 but you're still a solid $200 or $160 ahead of the next person. So I absolutely didn't need to take that reach. I was so far ahead. I could have just inched along at 12 bucks a week. Yep. 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 You were for sure, but this is your chance to make it back because you've got some, dare we say layups. Mm. I just, I bet against uh, Aston Villa both times. Uh, (laughs) I took, uh, you took uh, Arsenal and, and Manchester city. I sure did. Yeah, As a Wolves fan, I appreciate that. That's that's <laughs> our that's our Derby. That's our Derby, Mid, Mid, West Midlands Derby. Yeah, and so we're just so everyone knows we are posting two best bets because there's essentially two match weeks during this week. There's a midweek and then a weekend. Um, so An- Andrew's got Arsenal at minus two twenty, and then Manchester City at minus two ninety. Both those hit. You got a nice little eighty bucks coming your way. You will be back in the positive. Even yeah, you will be slightly in the positive with yeah. those hits. So uh, Tim and Kyle, they're not on. Uh, this might surprise anyone who follows. Tim is taking Liverpool and Liverpool. Uh, so <laughs> that'll make it six straight bets on Liverpool. Uh, Tim is at negative two hundred ninety dollars. But if Liverpool wins both matches this weekend, he's gonna pocket a staggering. $66. Mm. So, hey, hey, claw out of that hole, Tim. We, we believe in you. Kyle, Kyle's changing it up a little bit this week. He's still, he's still shooting a shot, uh, but he is taking a Bournemouth Wolves draw Gosh, at plus me. 230. Oh, that'd be amazing. Which has got to not feel great for you, Nate, considering how much we have basically dogged Bournemouth for the last hour. <laughs> and now Kyle's like, here's what I think the best bet is. The best bet this week is that those two teams are going to draw. Liver- Liverpool beating them 9 nothing did no service to Wolves. For sure. Bournemouth is going to... Won. <laughs> well, they could. They could. I mean, there's, there's a lot of Wolves fans thinking Bournemouth's going to win 1-0 because they're going to park the bus. You don't want to have another embarrassing loss. They're going to park the bus and then they're going to hit us on the counter and we're going to lose one, nothing. Oh, Quang, Quang's going to stay on the team and make some <laughs> ridiculous mistake. And we're going to lose one, nothing. So I'm sorry. That's okay. And then in his other pick for the weekend, he's taking uh leads over Brentford, which is a plus two thirty play too. So Kyle, if, if both those hit, that's a $460 win. 
Um, so that puts you into the positive in the winning position. So I'll throw mine out there. I'm, I, I didn't necessarily go, you know, straight Andrew on this one and find the easiest layups. Um, but I am trying to get some wins. I want, I'm I'm trying to double up. So I'm taking Tottenham. I like getting Tottenham at an almost even clip. So getting them at minus one Oh five, which pays out $95 is pretty solid bet. And then I'm just going to, I'm going to look for this almost every week, but if I can find whoever is playing Bournemouth and get a positive number, meaning they're a slight dog or even, even I'm going to take it. So I'm taking, I'm taking force at a plus 100, which is just a straight bet. Um, you win a hundred if you do it, but I, I mean, anyone who's not a favorite over Bournemouth, um, I'm probably going to jump on that bet for right now. Nate, that brings us to you. Yep. As much as I, I think Wolves could lose one nil, that's mostly just that like really deep pessimism when your team is struggling so bad. I'm actually picking Wolves to win this midweek match at plus 115. Ultimately, Wolves should beat Bournemouth and to get one plus 115 out of them, it seemed like a no-brainer kind of to Chris's, uh, Chris's point. It's and kind of sad that I didn't jump on it. It is. It is. <laughs> Sorry. Sad. No, that's okay. 100% honest. I didn't jump on it because of the 9 nothing loss. Yeah. No. Nobody comes back from a 9 nothing loss and loses 9 nothing the next week. I just, totally. unless you're just, I just okay, need we're them going to, down I just need them to lose. I just need them to lose one nothing, to be honest. I don't care. True. 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 Um, and then I also went double against Bournemouth. I took pl- Nottingham Forest at plus 100. Yeah. So you could be clearing 215 bucks this week, bringing you almost back to even. You'd be about $50 still in the hole. Uh, I'd still be looking at like $35 in the hole. So, um, yeah, we're all playing catch Andrew right now. That's right. As Chris mentioned, there are two match weeks this week. We have midweek matches, which is always fun. Uh, So matches I think we should keep our eyes on or you should keep your eyes on. Uh, this midweek, really only one that I personally think is interesting. Um, that's outside of, you know, the teams we support, uh, I think Liverpool, Newcastle should be interesting. It'll be, I want to see how good Newcastle is. We know they're good. I want to know how good they are. So I'll be keeping my eye on, on Liverpool, Newcastle. And then over the weekend, there is so many storylines. It's essentially a Derby weekend with the highlight derby being Merseyside, that's Liverpool Everton. If everything goes the way we think it will, uh, there's only two more Merseyside derbies for a while because Everton will be relegated. And so, um, so that is this the Lord have mercy derby now? Like, hopefully, yeah. it's not nine nothing in this derby. Yeah, it's not. But just like any derby, anything can happen. So uh, Liverpool. Everton this weekend. Then we have two London derbies, Chelsea, West Ham and Tottenham Fulham. They're not major. Um, they're not major derbies. So they're not like big rivals, but they are still London rivals. And so those are interesting. And then honestly, the best, probably the best match though of the weekend is uh, United Arsenal on Sunday. So that'll be really fun. Again, I think to, to prove a couple points, like is United on the comeback? Like, is this team gelling? Are they starting to put it together? And then on the other side is Arsenal good. This is the first like big six club they faced. And ultimately they need to get a point. I think if you want to win a title, you need to beat the teams that, that are below you and then draw away against the big six clubs you know, and then catch a couple of victories against them at home. So yeah, uh, this will be, this will be a great match. I think they're catching them at a pretty good time. Cause it kind of goes back to what you were talking about, like with wolves or even with Nottingham forest United's got to incorporate like three new guys that they're bringing in this week too. So they've got to get that figured out. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how much like Casemiro Anthony plays. Um, but yeah, that's, that's the matchup for the weekend. I think. Yeah. Andrew, which match are you focusing on this week? I am fi- focusing on Man City. And, um, right, that's who I chose? 
Yep, Man City yeah. Villa. And yeah, they're playing uh, Forest and Aston Villa this week. So uh, I'm sure I will watch both of them. Great. Well, let me give you a little history on City, some players to watch. Uh, they were founded in 1880 under a different name. They became Man City, Manchester City in 1894. They are owned by uh, an Emirates ownership group, UAE. Uh, there's also some part ownership from Americans and Chinese, but the majority ownership, like over 80% is from Abu Dhabi. Um, they had some success in the 60s and 70s, very poor in the 80s and 90s. They, they were relegated. They went all the way down to league, the third level. So what's currently league one. Uh, they came back up to the Premier League in 2001, 2002, and they've essentially dominated the Premier League since 2011. They have six titles and three runner-up finishes during that time. Their ground is Etihad Stadium, uh, 53,400 people. It's the fifth largest stadium in the Premier League. Uh, their manager is Pep Guardiola. He is arguably the best if not one of the best managers in Europe uh he played he was a defensive midfielder for Barcelona so he was a great excellent player as well he coached uh Spain's national team for a while uh then he coached Barcelona then he coached Bayern Munich and then Manchester City since 2016 so he has coached just at the highest of high levels for multiple decades. Uh, really one of the best. He does have some criticism. He's never won Champions League. Uh, he seems to shit the bed and make weird, like questionable decisions that cost them. So that's kind of the prevailing, prevailing narrative there with him. Um, some miscellaneous things. They won the most iconic championship in Premier League history. Their first championship they won. You know, if there's a criticism, one of the criticisms of Americans is that there's no playoffs. Um, there's you just whoever wins the league, you could win the league with three weeks to spare and you're the champion. It's kind of anticlimactic. There's no last second buzzer beaters, you know. Their first championship, or their, I guess it wasn't really their first, I think it was their third, but their first of this, you know, decade long dominance, they won essentially on the last second goal. They came into the final match week tied with United uh, on points, but had the goal differential. So all they had to do was win and buy more goals than United would win by, and they were in. And they play the games final match week. This is a kind of a more, you know, or knowing is half the battle, the final match week, all the games started at 8am Well, 8am here. So they all start at the same time in England and they play concurrently. So if there's teams that are tied, there's no way to like collude or anything. So all the games are happening at the same time. So during this match, during this like final match week, United goes up, city goes up, United goes up. Like the table's just changing the whole time. And United's essentially going to win the title going into extra time after the 90th minute. City equalizes in the 92nd minute. And then in the 94th minute, Kun Aguero scores a goal. City wins. City wins the title. You got to look it up. It's, it is magical. It's an amazing, it's, it's amazing. And uh, I'll post a link to it in the show notes for any of our listeners who haven't seen it. So um, their rival is Manchester United naturally. And then obviously Liverpool most recently. And then as far as players to watch, I mean, it's just a star studded team. We've talked a lot about Holland, Kevin De Bruyne. Um, it, their team is just stacked. Phil Foden, Julian Alvarez. He's, uh, one of their new signings. He's going to be a star. Bernardo Silva, Calvin Phillips is a new transfer. Uh, Jack Grealish was a really expensive transfer last year from Aston Villa. Uh, Gundogan, 
Rodri, Jao Cancelo. I mean, they're keepers. Edison, he's one of the best. Ederson, he's one of the best. I mean, I could just, their starting lineup is just stacked and their bench is stacked. Their bench would start for half the teams in the league. They're just stacked. So Chris, anything I missed? They have one of the worst fan bases in the Premier League. They have trouble selling out at home, uh, which considering they're one of the best teams in the world is pretty pathetic. Um, but other than that, they're incredible. You've already watched them. Uh, you know what you're about to see, and uh, you should enjoy them. They're gonna be. They're, it's gonna be a good time. Yeah, I'm especially excited about the uh, the City Forest match because. Uh, like I said, I really enjoyed watching Forest, and I've really enjoyed watching City. But uh, uh, this should be fun. I'm really excited. Well, lots of lots of soccer this week coming up, so it should be a great week. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at Soccer Neophytes. You can go to our website, SoccerNeophytes.com. You can find us on all podcasting uh, sources: Apple, Spotify all the places, soccer neophytes. Gentlemen, any parting words? Still Glazers out. We got to get those guys out of here. Glazers out. I got nothing. Go Spurs. <laughs>